0: you're listening to market scale and today's podcast i have a chance to talk with michelle m collins she is the president and ecd for a non-agency michelle how are you today i'm well thank you so i have to say i was a little nervous about that ecd Because that's awfully close to OCD and I didn't want to be accused of labeling you, but you do have a reputation for paying attention to details that kind of comes with the job or did you, were you always like that? You were always very detail oriented and just happens to fit this job perfectly. Give me a little bit of your history coming up to a non-agency.
1: Sure. Um, Yes, I think there's a little bit of the the detail part and maybe a little bit of the OCD part. So don't feel bad. Um, uh, I don't know. I think my background's a little bit not traditional in terms of how I arrived at this. But, uh, you know, I grew up in in Tokyo. So as a Japanese teenager, I think part of what you grow up around is this love of technology and absolutely a huge attention um, uh, to detail. So I think it's just a natural fit for me. Um, so it's creative and in our space digital and it's really about just consumer experiences.
0: So you really have a lifelong head start at feeling comfortable with the integration of technology into pretty much any industry.
1: I think so. I mean, I, I would like to give a ode to my dear father who uh, created my first uh, program for me. And I think that you know growing up in that kind of environment, but also, having got a technology at your fingertips as something that you used as a day-to-day tool made it much simpler for me. And obviously, culturally, um, you know, when you grow up in in Tokyo, everything you see and do is about immersion because you can't get away from it. It's, you know, just like New York. It's just people upon people and screens and technology and fashion and art and music and culture. So, yeah, I think it's second nature.
0: You know, what's really interesting, you might be the leading edge for what we now call the digital native generation, because you grew up with that.
1: I did. And it is very interesting because um, there's also another term that I've also coined, um, along with the digital native, is this new idea of this idea of the digital renaissance. Um, Digital technology people aren't just technology programmers and developers anymore, but vice versa. They are creatives and they are artists. And there really is this kind of beautiful passion and love of what we do that brings all of these things together.
0: It seems like just a natural fit, right? Technology and design and the, the experience and clients and data. And there's an awful lot of, you're juggling an awful lot of things at any given point of the day.
1: It is. It's funny because uh, for me, it is a, a very natural thing. Um, but I can definitely say that I know for most people, it is still not something that comes second nature. You know, technology with creative, yes, because in the interactive space, we started to see that convergence. But now that we're moving into the world where we call it, you know, physical and digital, immersive, experiential, it's just so much more. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that it, it's more of a natural fit for me, maybe, <laughs> because of my background.
0: And I think, let's take this, Not we're not in the digital realm just yet. Let's keep this on the personal level. You speak more than one language, just as a natural evolution of how you grew up. Digital technology is literally a language that people need to learn in order to be more at ease and in order to utilize it properly, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, and I think that that's a that's a really nice way to phrase it because um, for people, for brands, for businesses, there's a different level and kind of a journey and a path of what you feel comfortable with, as well as what would actually fit the the experience and the overall objective. So. Um, I think we've now reached an age where at least smartphones are a common thing. I certainly hope so. <laughs> but now we're also moving into this new realm where um, you know emerging technologies is is really on the forefront. And what you have just asked is exactly spot on that not everyone is ready or comfortable yet. So there is definitely an interesting conversation around that.
0: I want to talk a little bit about you know it, it's a very interesting time right now for the the technological, real brick and mortar world. There's an interesting hybrid and blend that's happening across all industries, to be honest, but specifically taking physical design from what we call the real world into the digital world. That's an interesting sort of dichotomy that you have.
1: It is. And it's it's actually um, very much a balance. Uh, It's a balancing act. I think that You know, a few years ago, what we saw was, you know, everybody wanted screens everywhere. And for them, that was technology or it was mobile applications. That was technology. And now we're moving into a space where everything is connected. Uh, Things should be somewhat agnostic in terms of how they work, should feel fluid and natural and second nature in many ways. And um, I think that's that's definitely what you're seeing as the biggest shift.
0: That integration really becomes the spirit of the experience. It it needs to be an experience without feeling like it's an experience.
1: That's exactly right. Um, that is probably the hardest thing for us. I can only speak for myself. I mean, I can possibly speak for my colleagues and those talented people I work with, but making things feel fluid and natural, um, you know, and hence we always talk about this experience design, user experience design, which is. Where we focus on making things feel natural to a wide range of audience, which you can imagine is challenging because everyone has a different level of comfort with technology as well as expectation. So um, that's kind of the constant ongoing struggle for us. But yeah.
0: So let's look behind the curtain for a moment and let you put your nerd engineer hat on and let's talk about okay, there's customer facing. But there is a revolution in the way the back end is handled, the way that data analytics and predictive software, it's got to be a really exciting time for you to look at all of the tools and technologies you have to help you accomplish this completely open frontier.
1: It, it is actually a very exciting time. I think it's also uh, a rather challenging time. Um, it wasn't that long ago when, you know, the, the terminology big data was this you know catch-all phrase with social media and what to do and how to interpret how to leverage that data now we've we've just taken that and we've just you know looked forward and said, okay, great now that you've somewhat managed how to capture data that comes purely from social now let's add another thread into that and say well what if it started in the physical environment and it was a temporary pop-up and, how does that then funnel into the predictive software and analytics and CRM and all the things that, I don't, I don't know that we've mastered that part either. And then the other half to that is, you know, time, resources, and just pure limitations. So this is a challenging time. It is exciting, but um, very transparently, this is a time where um, there's so much happening. It's, it really is the idea of 360 around you. Um, that I think one of the only ways we're actually going to really tap into the potential is that there needs to be an honest collaboration of all of the different parties involved. And I think that's what makes it exciting is that we have this opportunity.
0: You bring up an interesting word, collaboration. Do you think that this advent of technology is almost forcing a reexamination of the relationship from customer to retailer, vice versa?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, we get so excited about all these new technologies. And oftentimes what we forget is going back to the thought process of having empathy for the, the customer and the consumer and the person you designed the experience for is, you know, so often we're asked to create these wonderful, you know, experiences with different types of technology, all this wow factor that we have yet to really understand whether or not The consumer actually wants to use that technology on a day to day basis versus maybe a one off. Um, And and the idea of collaboration it's, you know, the days of software integration, AV manufacturers, creative agencies, programmers, designers, um, kind of doing their own thing and using one another as just a tool. um, I think those days are going to have to come to a close fairly soon, given the fact that the complexity of what we are creating, and what people are beginning to consume and expect, kind of mandates that we all talk together and build products together, build processes together, build experiences together versus, you know, what we have been doing, which is, you know, here's a menu of, you know, it's Samsung screen, or it's, you know, a digital science platform, or we're going to custom create an application. It, it, those days have to come to a close at some point. We do need to streamline into some form of collaboration amongst the different industries to create more streamlined best practice because I, I think consumers are just going to mandate that for the health of the experience and the business.
0: And talking about streamlining and, and best practices, ultimately, if the consumer is not comfortable if there's not a, a sense of intuitive behavior in technology, then it's really not a benefit at all.
1: That's exactly right. Um, and I think that is constantly the challenge um, and the pressure, both the brands and the businesses and we as creators, innovators and technologists are faced with, which is um, we, we do the best we can to design something that's exciting and appropriate and And then we are oftentimes not given the opportunity to really test it in a market over a period of time to watch individual consumers use, consume, and ask questions—you know, honest questions about what could we do better for you. And you know, sometimes we get put in that that kind of that corner where it's it's a big number, you know, it's a metric versus what did we learn by the individual users and how did we profile them to better understand. What they are comfortable with. When I say they, I mean there's so many different types of personalities and people, and they come from all around the world, especially here in New York. Um, we you know we rarely get the opportunity to do that, and I think that's kind of the um, that's kind of what I was saying. We need a better way of collaborating and streamlining, so all this really rich experience and knowledge can actually get manifested into kind of a knowledge share portal of some sort um, to build on.
0: And also along those lines, sometimes you come up with this great deployment, this great um, kind of project that you put together. And really, sometimes all you just need is a little time to let it breathe. Do you find sometimes that that there's a little bit of antsy behavior that comes from the client side? We're not getting results. We're not seeing this. And you're like, just just calm down. Let it breathe for a minute. Let's see how this goes. Yeah.
1: I mean, time is never on our side. Um, you know, oftentimes the process of building something, um, whether it be temporary or permanent, uh, time is not something that seems to be um, an allowance. So we have learned to adapt ourselves, our work processes to, to create what we can within the short time frame. So just to give you some sense of it, there was a time when six months was the average time span and then it was four. And now it's more like two months at the most or two and a half if we're lucky. And then we deploy something. We really do try to engage clients in a discussion about, you know, let's manage the expectation of we design for the future. We don't design for two months out. What we try to do is think about what, you know, everyone talks about is scalability. Scalability requires thoughtful design and integration, but it does, to your point, the breathing room needs to happen and watching it deploy and then understanding that we may need to make an iteration, a second round of investment. And we need to start treating these experiences like product design. It's not just purely um, you know, a pop-up. And I, I think that if we can get to a place where that might happen or where all of the knowledge that all of these different smart, intelligent agencies, brands, and businesses are, are building can actually be shared across the different Um, industries, I think we would see better experiences and better technology emerging.
0: You know, we're in the trade shows section of the year, right? And that's when all the new gadgets and, oh, look at this shiny thing and the wow kind of gets rolled out. Is there anything that you're focusing on that maybe you can share with me that won't get either of us in trouble?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I am going to be speaking uh, at the Digital Science Expo um, in the emerging technology sector. And in specific areas, um, I'm, I'm touching upon is uh, facial recognition technology, which has been around for a bit of time. But uh, the way it is being used in retail spaces is very different. So uh, for me, there is more of a focus on how can I bring together facial recognition, emerging technology, with the ability to identify VIP customers and service up meaningful experiences content in a way that's not purely sales marketing driven, but actually speaks to the luxury clientele that I work with, so that that's a big part of I think where you know my headspace is at. Um, but very selfishly, I will say to you that you know um, I do often ask the question. So this is being recorded, so I'm putting it out there. Um, I have never been approached buy a Samsung or any of these big, um, you know, AV manufacturers or technology creators and integrators, I've never once been approached for my feedback, um, about their technology. So it's fascinating to me. They're out there developing, we consume, we use, or we have to recommend, but they never ask us what we think, um, while they're developing, which is interesting.
0: It is interesting because that's, that's flipping the script a little bit. Normally you're on the client side and helping design and develop for the customer. And so you just naturally find, well, what does the customer need? How are we trying to approach this? And then putting yourself in the consumer's shoes, Hey, we use these products. How about, you know, making it able to do this. That's a weird sort of, that's gotta be a kind of a strange position to find yourself in.
1: It it is. Um, you know, in a little, you know, history uh, years ago, I created uh, the first uh, digital video wall for Diesel in their Fifth Avenue store. And I had selected um, a specific manufacturer's uh, digital signage platform, which was one of the first. They were trying to get into the retail sector. And we had used both their screens and their content programming platform, and we had so much difficulty. Uh, programming it, and we had really been speaking to some of the senior engineers on the on their side, and nobody actually ever followed up with us to ask how we felt it performed, and um, I was actually at the Digital Science Expo, and I ran into them, and I was chatting with them, and they were actually showing me my work and saying this was a wonderful case study of how their their platform and their technology would work, and I said, you know, that was actually mine nobody ever followed up with me to ask me how I felt it performed. And uh, so that's kind of a little bit of a ha-ha moment. And I'll be interested to see um, what's happening this year in terms of smaller, um, innovative types of integrators and software developers.
0: All right. So for my final question today, I'm going to give you a dream scenario. So I'm putting you back in your creative architect hat. Pick a building. Anywhere on earth, and you get to put in a an entire system in that building, doesn't matter what building it is, and unlimited budget, but integration, just beautiful hybrid environment, which building would you love to have an opportunity to just overhaul?
1: That's so interesting. No one's ever asked me that question, um, and I've never thought about it. But I would say um, maybe very honestly, very selfishly, it would have to be here in New York. Um, And I think there's something quite iconic about the Empire State Building. And uh, I love how we always look at it, right? Because they always have the colored lights, right? Depending on the holiday season or the time of the year. But that's the extent. That's it. That's all they do. They just do these LED colored lights. And I just think to myself, they were... One of the first in the New York Skyline to leverage this type of you know output of creativity. Um, it's become iconic, but yet they are they are so far behind. So it might be interesting from a, just from a historical sense of what it represents to the city. Two would be super challenging given the fact that it is a building that is obviously not built for the state of the art, which really would put us to the test of how do you retrofit something. Um, and then third, I'd love to make it something where people could actually send messages versus us statically watching it turn into colored lights because people actually visit the Empire State Building. It is kind of iconic to Manhattan. So maybe that's it. That's my answer. You know
0: what? I like that answer. And I will be watching my inbox for my invitation when you have your grand opening for your new retrofit of the Empire State Building.
1: <laughs> okay, deal.
0: Today, I've been talking to Michelle M. Collins. She is the president and ECD for a non-agency. Michelle, thanks so much for taking the time today. I hope you have a wonderful time at DSE.
1: Thank you so much. It's been such a
0: pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the Market Scale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.